Hello, I'm Casey McBride. We're waiting for Hank to join us, but he will be here. But welcome to another wonderful episode of Stir Crazy Shamans. Welcome, everyone. Uh, today, I am joined. We are joined by my friend Jameson Eads. Um, he's been a friend of mine for years, and he uh, has so many amazing stories. Um, and we're talking today. The topic is Norse mythology, and I thought that was an interesting point to kind of start on because um, I was thought about this after we had. Oh, we're getting a message from Hank here asking if we can bump it back. Let me just message him and tell him <laughs> that we started. Okay, so um, so I, I thought that'd be an interesting point to bring up. So Norse mythology, I know you're you're actually practicing Norse pagan. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, now the term Norse mythology. Would you rather people use the term like Norse paganism instead of mythology, or does that bother you at all? You know, like there's so many different names for it. Like I find that if I tell people I like practice a Satru, no one knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. So it's really easier to be like, Oh, I study Norse mythology or like I indulge in like, because it's like the belief of it is not like, Oh, this is everything I believe in. It's factually what happened. It's more of just like a paying a respect to how they live their lives and, that's how we go about it. Oh, very cool. And um, uh, so what, what do you, uh, what does it mean for you to, and I, I, the word you used, I'm sorry, say that again, the word you uh, used. Oh, Asatru. Asatru. Okay. So uh, what, and is that a, a, a pra, uh, like a day, a practice that you have in your daily life? Or is that more of uh, just the, the like sort of philosophical understanding of. Yeah. To, to me, it's more of a philosophical understanding and um, I'm, like to say I daily practice, I think I would be lying to the world if I practiced instead I practice every day. You know, your life is so busy that like, it's more of just like sending your thoughts in one direction to like pay homage to what, you know, the, the world and the universe. Hmm. And this is really, so we're, we're on stir crazy shaman. So I have to bring in the shamanic uh, side of things. But um, like for me, you know, sometimes uh, I would get asked for people, um, uh, you know, what uh, beings, you know, what what do you believe in as far as like God or like other gods and all that stuff? And um, like as a shaman, sort of nothing is is off the plate. We work with all of the energies. And uh, so I, in shamanic journeys, I've met with Odin. Um, I've also met with uh, it, uh, other um, like Greek and, and Roman gods. I've met with uh, some of the gods from Hinduism. I've met with um, all kinds of beings from all different uh, backgrounds. So to me, they're all very real um, beings, and I've had direct experiences with with many of them. Um, so uh, I think there is uh, how to how, how to put this. I think that a lot of people sort of uh, discredit it when uh, talking about Norse mythology or like Greek mythology when they use that term mythology. They it's sort of you know, uh, well, this is the thing people used to believe, and and we now know that that wasn't real. Um, it's kind of what some—not everyone, but some people imply that when they're talking about that. Oh, definitely. Um, and uh, and so you know, um, 
But to those people, I'd say, you know, have you ever tried to meet with them? Have you ever tried to have an experience or, or, or contact or, or, you know, really um, tap into that energy? And I, and those energies are very alive and real to this day is what a lot of people don't realize. And that's sort of the magic I think you're uh, still in the process of discovering for yourself. Oh, definitely. And like the way that like my father brought me up, it really wasn't like specifically, hey, you have to be a Christian. Hey, you have to be. Uh, Buddhist, you have to be Norse. Like he brought me up that like every religion is right in its own form and fashion, and that it's really like um, trying to find the the right path to going where you want to go. And when you look at a mountain, there's thousands of different paths that all lead to the same peak. Now, of course, some of these paths can lead you right back down the mountain, which gets you nowhere. But <laughs> <laughs> finding the right path for you is really like what matters. And like, but you also have to realize that there's not just the path you're on and seeing and under, once you understand that there's multiple paths, then it opens up the whole world of spirituality to you and how you can perceive it. Like I've never been like, Oh God doesn't exist. Oh, you know, the Greek gods never existed. Norse gods don't exist. It's always been like, it's completely possible that all of them exist or are all the same thing to begin with and just viewed through different eyes. Mm. So that's one thing we've brought up a lot during this um, uh, podcast, and then I'm learning uh, more and more about through this apprenticeship that I'm taking, uh, is that uh, uh, we, like the Pacos, I'm learning um, uh, uh, nature mysticism as they practice it in like the Andes uh, and, and up in the mountains. And it's uh, so like when you go to them, they have these beings from the upper world called Anpus. And so when uh, people would come through like the Spanish and or like even like Westerners that still come to learn from them and all this, um, they would say, oh, oh, your Anpus, that's that sounds exactly like our angels are probably the same thing. And they get really angry and they say, no, our Anpus are Anpus and your angels are your angels. And um, but their lesson is, is, you know, these are you know, they may be similar, but they are very different beings. And it's in the differences between them that we find the gold and that we really find truth and magic. Um, so, uh, so I've, I've been, I, cause I used to sort of say similar things along the lines of, you know, certain gods, there's so many similarities. They're probably the same beings. Um, but uh, I think in, in honoring the differences that they are different individual beings, that's where we really, that's where we can really expand and, and tap into new energies and new ways that we may not have had access to before. And that's when we can really start to grow is when we do honor that think they are different. Yeah, no. And like, I've had arguments with like really good Christians about that. And they've been like, no, if you got to realize that like they, they believe like, Oh, there's the God and the devil. So you have like a good and evil part. Whereas like other like belief systems, each of their gods has a good and bad kind of, aspect to each of them and like they're like no you're you're just straight wrong that they're not all the, like the, all one and i meant it more like um saying that we know exactly and understand exactly what the gods are kind of seems impossible for us in this form mm. like as like a human to just completely understand what the gods are um i don't know seems kind of mind-blowing <laughs> yeah. and uh, um the other thing to realize is that we're not, uh, uh, you know, we, we have this physical vessel and yeah, maybe the um, physical mind, uh, if, if you believe it's not capable of understanding these things, then it definitely isn't. But in truth, 
we are the totality of all things. We are the oneness that knows all things simultaneously all at once. Um, so we are, the true essence of us, who we truly are, is completely capable of not just understanding the gods, but everything that's ever happened in all of creation and all the universes all at once. Um, but that's the beauty of coming into uh, like an incarnation on this planet is we come here to sort of have all that wiped clean and have a temporary physical experience where um, we uh, sort of are trying to figure things out in the differentiated reality. Um, so that's where a lot of the joy of it comes is in that sort of yeah. aspect of mystery and trying to uncover and learn more about it. So it's very. <laughs> then and it's like, it's all a learning experience. Like I wonder sometimes if maybe like my thought process from before I had my spiritual awakening and after I had it are still kind of fighting each other. You know, it's like the way I used to think was completely different to the way that I now like just know in my soul how it is. And it's not always easy to explain that feeling that you have when you had an experience that just proved you mind blowingly showed you that like, <laughs> hey, you are a part of this massive energy and like it just it's it's really hard to put into words like <laughs> never explain it and it all like having a spiritual awakening is like someone dosed you with acid so like how do you explain to somebody this without sounding like a crazy person half the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so and that's the thing is we're, we're so uh, we're, we're using words to describe that which is way way beyond anything that words could ever describe um uh so i always tell people you know follow the energy of what we're saying and don't get caught up on the actual words but even me you know uh, uh because obviously i've been uh i had my awakening many years before yours um but i still struggle with words all the time i it's still difficult to explain things but you do you do get a little bit better of a hang on it once you start to talk to other people who are a little more experienced. So that's why it's great to share all this stuff with each other. Um, but I do wanna, I wanna talk about your awakening experience. Um, so uh, maybe I'll, I'll share a little bit of the part, my part of the story, and then I wanna hear your in-depth, if you're comfortable with sharing this with people. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't mind. Sounds a little crazy, but it's uh, it was an experience that I'll never forget and love. I love that you said it sounds a little crazy because we're on the Stir Crazy Shamans podcast right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we can be as crazy as we want here. <laughs> so, um, but uh, I, um, how long have we been friends? How long have we known each other for, Jameson? It feels like a long time, but I don't know how many years it's been. Do you have any idea? That's really hard to say because like the way we met was through a friend I hadn't met met in years, but had known since like elementary school. So <laughs> um, I want to say that it's been like four or five years. Yeah, uh, so I want to say um, at least. And so it's hard to it's hard to put a pinpoint on it when I feel like I've known you forever. I know, right? <laughs> so um, anyway, so when I met Jameson. Um, I uh, right away could sense this really powerful energy uh, sort of building up in him. And, and as I got to know him more and more, I felt this sort of continuing to rise up in him. But at the time I knew he had a lot of, um, he was very much uh, more of like that sort of strict, uh, not strict, 
in other sense, but he was very much in the sort of like indoctrinated Christian mindset um, to, for the most part. And um, and he wasn't open to, I mean, although he was aware and much more open than a, a lot of other people, um, he still wasn't open to like the experiences of energy and spirit and anywhere near the way he is now. Oh, Hank just popped on. So I'm going to invite him in real quick and then I'll continue with the story. Hey, sorry, I was uh, late to the party. Oh, no worries. We're, we're, we're telling awakening stories. We're, I'm telling the story of Jameson's awakening. Oh, great. This is a fun one. So, um, uh, so anyway, so uh, I could feel this, sense this energy in Jameson continuing to build up. And, um, and then uh, for a while, I don't know, we just got busy with life. I was doing the massage therapy thing. Jameson was working and busy and we hadn't spoken in i want to say five or six months and um yeah yeah and then i just sort of i know it was from spirit now but i just sort of got the thought of hey i'm gonna call him up and see if he wants to go get chinese and uh so again like six months without talking to him so gave him a call hey jameson how's it going and he picks up the phone i don't know <laughs> i said why what's going on and he's like uh something really really wild just happened and then he proceeds <laughs> and then he proceeds to tell me the story about what had just happened the night before and if you're comfortable with sharing maybe you can share what had happened uh after that <laughs> yeah yeah my so like casey said we hadn't talked in months months with life being so busy and like we have mutual friends that we both would hang out with when the time like was able to me and my friend were hanging out pretty often because he literally lived right around the corner from me. And we've been friends since we were young, really young, like middle school. And one day I'm over there hanging out with him and like, we're just downstairs. I'm always drank like two beers. Now it was like my normal daily ritual to drink my two beers. And I go over to his house, drink these two beers and then head home on my own accord. Well, one night I'm sitting with them and we're just watching television. I'm drinking my beers and everything's going fine. When it literally felt like this energy build up around me came crashing down on me and then just exploded out. And suddenly it was like my, my two friends were literally like plucked out of existence and replaced with two beings that were completely different. And they're like, hey, it's okay. We took these forms so that you don't feel scared of what is happening to you. And they basically, they pick me out into the universe and show me what is. And it's really hard to put into words because like I'm like traveling through the stars and they like were literally telling me, hey, if you want, you can literally just start existence all over again. We'll take you with us. You can come, you can escape this human form and go on. And it's like, it's your time if you want to go. And at the time I was taking care of my mother. So I had in the back of my head, this plucking feeling that like, Hey, you can't leave yet. You have to finish taking care of your mother. You have other great things that are going to happen in this life. And so I basically told them like, no, I'm not quite ready for that. And also, like, my whole life, I always felt like I had done something very wrong, and I could never put my finger on it. And these beings told me, like, hey, you 
yes, you did something very bad in another lifetime. And I'm like trying to remember it. And I could feel like building up in the back of my head. And I was like, did I kill my father? And they were like, no, a part of you killed your father in another lifetime. And this was where like the Norse mythology started coming into my world because I'd always felt kind of like a tricky little bastard. And it was just this sudden realization that part of me was part of Loki. And in the stories, Loki helped kill his father. Now, this is also coming from a guy who has been a strong Christian and now is just mind-blowingly being told by two beings of another world that you are a part of another God that used to be or is still being or, you know, and my mind is just blowing open at all the scenes at this moment. I'm just like, I'm shaking right now just thinking about the experience. It I literally felt like someone had just dosed me with a high amount of acid and I had no clue it was coming. <laughs> and so as the experience like started mellowing down and I'm also trying to understand and comprehend what is going on and seeing this wide universe, they, these beings told me, hey, whenever you're ready to go, come, we'll take you. There's a whole nother universe to be created and you can be one of these creators. And then I was set back down in the seat. They told, they told me, I think they introduced themselves, but I can't like really, it's hard to explain a, a being that you kind of feel more than see. And they were in the forms of my two friends I was hanging out with at the time. And then they told me goodbye. And then there's my friends hanging out with me again. And I'm just like stunned as the whole world kind of came colliding back down. And I like looked over at Tim and like, I asked him like, Hey, what just happened? And he's like, uh, what do you mean? I'm like, dude, I feel like I just like was just on an acid trip or something. He's like, no, no, you just sitting here watching TV with us. The only weird thing was, I guess, when the beings were talking to me about these past transgressions that had always been bothering me and my soul, that I screamed suddenly, like, I'm sorry, father. And, um, that, that was the only weird thing, but they're like, ah, oh, you're crazy. Sometimes you just do weird things. And like, <laughs> I, I, I yelled this out once and then I just kind of like went back into my mellow self. So from their experience, they see me just sitting there watching TV and then I scream out something about, I'm sorry, father. And then I'm back and then I'm asking him like, hey, what just happened? And so I tell him like, hey, I, you know, I think I need to go home. And I kind of just like walk home and then the next day i wake up and like the realization of this whole thing like hits me and i'm genuinely scared i just had a mental fucking breakdown or that like i was dosed with some drugs or something and like and what was crazy is that sudden realization and complete understanding that you are a part of a universe of energy and beings that are out there all around you guiding you helping you like helping you heal from like previous trauma to your soul. And I just, I couldn't even understand what had happened. And I'm not even joking. Casey calls me up the next day. And as soon as I hear his voice, I'm like, this is a guy I need to talk to about this. <laughs> I'm like, Casey, I'm not okay. I need you to hear this. 
And I told him the whole experience is like, you are not crazy. Like, no, you're not having a mental breakdown. Oh, and keep in mind, I actually did go to the doctor to get my brain checked because I thought I had a fucking brain aneurysm or something. Like, I really thought I had gotten, like, had a major mental, like, fart. <laughs> I don't even know. Everything was fine. There was no nothing wrong with my brain. I was perfectly fine, minus having basically a uh, acid trip without the drugs. Um, and I tell Casey all this, and as he's talking to me, telling me about spiritual awakenings, it all just started to make more and more sense to that. I, my soul was just ready to understand, and I suddenly was able to understand more clearly than, maybe not perfectly, but more clearly than I ever had before. That is a very, very powerful awakening story, and I thank you so much for sharing that with all of us. Yeah, and I, and I am still uh, so grateful that Spirit worked through me to connect with you and to help guide you through that, um, because I know so many people uh, you know, aren't fortunate enough to have someone to help guide them through these experiences. And so they end up, um, you know, uh, really believing that they are sort of, uh, uh, either ill or, or, or worse. And, um, and so not only do they not explore the full potential of their gifts, but now they have this judgment about themselves that maybe isn't coming from themselves, but all the people around them, that there's something deeply wrong with them when really they're just experiencing the sacred truth and the real nature of reality. Yeah, and, and I like you said earlier, like having that energy, like I was very much Christian and literally perfectly happy in my beliefs until this moment struck me and literally was like, yeah, I'm definitely not a Christian anymore. This is this <laughs> like not that I say that it doesn't exist, but it's just that I've seen the truth and it's like once you see the truth, you can't unsee the truth. And once I realized I wasn't crazy it was like, <laughs> and I, I still remember um, like the first couple of times we hung out after your awakening experience, we would spend time in the woods and I just kept feeling, felt, I felt called to do things to sort of just re-solidify in your mind that no, like, you know, these experiences, like we can all feel. And so like, I'd sit there and like make a ball of energy and then I'd like charge it with the energy of like a waterfall and I'd hand it to him and I'd be like, what does this feel like? Like, I don't know. Like, it feels like that waterfall over there. And I'd be like, yeah, I put the energy of the waterfall in that energy ball. <laughs> and just, I just remember like the, just the, this big, huge smile on your face that would come over you every time. And you just kind of get like, <laughs> like in this zoned out sort of peaceful days as you let all that sink in. And uh, it was so beautiful to see you, uh, uh, continuing to uh, unfold, to continue yeah. to grow. And it's it's a constant, like, it's not like you complete, you're like, part of your mind is constantly fighting at, at the same time. It's like the, the world around you, the everybody's perceptions of this world sometimes helps to fog the, the truth. And it's like, I don't know if it's just like focusing on life itself that help, that sometimes it clouds my, like my spiritual sight. But um, when you first taught me how to journey was when it really helped like taking that step in the right direction. Because like when you first learn to journey, your um, spirit guides, they try to prove to you that, hey, no, this is really what is happening. And I remember talking to this old man on one of my first spirit journeys 
and who I later, I'm still not 100% sure, but I'm pretty like positive it's Odin talking to me, that he was just like, oh, don't worry about this job tomorrow. And I'm like, what? He's like, oh, they're not ready for you. You're, you're just, you're not going to be working tomorrow. And I was like, what are you talking about? And not even joking, the next morning my boss calls me. He's like, hey, man, they're not ready for us. Like, just stay at home today. And I'm just like, but these little things continuously happen when you're journeying. Oh, yeah. And you're just like, okay, th there's just no way I could know this. <laughs> so somebody is actually telling me, hey, you know, this is what it is. Yeah, and I know for me, same thing. When I first had my awakening experience, and mine were uh, just as uh, powerful and and mind blowing, and uh, and to the average, well, uh, to the non awakened person, crazy sounding, like we said. <laughs> um, uh, but um, same thing, you know. I, I I had a lot of doubts in the beginning around things, even as I would have experiences that would like that were like, you know, okay, there's no way that that wasn't spirit coming through. There's no way that these experiences aren't real, but the universe over and over and over and over and over again, just gave me continual proof. It continues to do so every single day of my life. And at this point, there's no room left in any space of my being for any kind of doubt about these experiences. And yet it's still proof. It's still giving me proof all the time over and over again. <laughs> well, maybe it's just being what it is and not trying to prove anything. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, and I, I might have missed it because I was coming on a little bit later, but with the Norse mythology specifically, was there something that kind of called you to that as an expression of of who you're being now? I, you know, it's weird because it kind of just like fell into my lap. It was like I had been like just researching different cultures and religions for a long time and always felt very drawn to Norse mythology whether I understood it or not. And it was just like, I was always fascinated. I always felt like, hey, in my soul, I am a Viking. <laughs> and like, I have always been a warrior. Like I did like medieval reenactment, had been in multiple hand-to-hand -hand combat tournaments with weapons and armor. And like, it always been a part of my life. And it, I was so drawn to it. And I've been like doing as much research on the, like what they believed and like, how they practiced and it was like and i always felt drawn to specifically loki because i was always like a like kind of a tricky kid like i was always doing little uh, kind of just being an asshole and um <laughs> better like, an asshole than a whole ass i suppose <laughs> exactly <laughs> and like it wasn't that i was deliberately being mean or trying to hurt people it was just more of like oh this is fun. This is who I am. I'm being tricky. And so like when, and, but also like when I was talking about that feeling of always having done something wrong and for them to be like, Oh, you're paying for a past sin of Loki. And it's, it's so hard to explain because like basically the underlying feeling I got was that the, the part of me that, spirit part of me was basically in like soul jail and they're like you you know you've come to your understanding you know what happened you know what was wrong about this and now you're free to go and i just like i don't know just knew that it was true like i understood that yes i'm a, he was a part of me or 
I'm a part of what he was or is. And yeah, just it, like, I'm not saying that other um, beliefs are wrong. It's just, this is the one to help me practice my beliefs and my thoughts on the world and how I like to pay more pay homage to them than anything. No, I totally get it. In the fourth level of the tradition that uh, Casey just started the apprenticeship on, uh, the Ultima Sauk, they say that you could uh, go do a Buddhist practice and be 100% committed and in the next moment be doing you know, a Catholic practice, be 100% committed and not see the conflict in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like uh, my, my Christian belief before that, after I had that awakening, it didn't con conflict with my beliefs on it. Like I still, still pray to God now and then. And like, it's, it's weird. There was no conflict of interest or feeling like I did something wrong or am doing something wrong. It's just, this is the next step for me. This is where I'm going. That's why I asked a question to you the way I did is because uh, it's like, well, why did you pick this as an expression of your being and your knowing? Because really it is all just different masks of divinity and different people pick different things that fit wherever they're at. And it, it's all just another, you know, all roads lead to God, all loads lead to Rome, lead to Rome, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Completely agree. Yeah. Very cool. And it's wonderful to, uh, for me to, that more people are discovering um, uh, all these ways of, like Hank said, you know, ex being the full expression of their being and, and, and walking their spiritual path, you know, because um, for, for a long time, uh, it, it was only really accepted to be, it was like either you were uh, Christian or like, we're going to persecute you. And that's sort of like your options in a lot of countries around the world, unless, you know, you lived in like the East or something, but like, you know, for us in our country, you know, if it, back in the whatever, 1800s, early 1900s, if we were having an open conversation about, you know, uh, worship, worshiping the Norse gods and all of that, that might be a problem for the, the public. Yep. Uh, but it's amazing that, so now not only are people are more accepting, but there's more information, more access to that ancient knowledge and more people that are practicing. And I just see it as so beautiful. You know, I have you, you're a friend who's practicing Norse pagan. We just had my other friend who's on who's practicing pagan uh, uh, as well. There are people that practice like Wicca. There are people that practice Buddhism and Hinduism who were not raised in these traditions, but they discovered them uh, because of all of the wealth of information that's out there. And now that's allowing them to experience uh, uh, more of the truth for themselves in a way that they're really comfortable expressing it. And it's so beautiful. We have access to that. So I, I want to say thank you for being you, Jameson. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I always appreciate you, man. And I, I know that. And that's why we're on this journey together, man. <laughs> like, you're here to help me learn. Like, since I met you, I always knew there was something I had to get from you. And I don't mean that in like a, trying to take away from you, more of that I needed you to show me something. And every time we spend time together, we go for walks, we go for journeys. I always feel like you're just helping me fit some more puzzle pieces into what I am. And like, like you said, where you have everybody practices all these different, like, oh, we have practicing Wiccans, practicing Catholics, practicing pagans. And like, Hank, you were talking about how these, you can do these without feeling, uh, I, I forget exactly how you put it, but like basically how I still pray to God how I practice and give homage to Norse mythology, how I practice Wiccan tarot readings and all this, but they've never, they're not conflicting. It's all 
different puzzle pieces fitting into what your spiritual journey should be and how to go about it the right way for you. Right. Uh, one cool little thing I always think of when I go by churches that say the assembly of God, I think of it as the reassembly of God. Like you're like putting yourself back together, remembering the totality of all there is and uh, and doing all that without judging yourself or others for it. Yeah, no, that's a perfect, perfect way to look at it. Yeah. The one thing I would like to remind people is if you're so busy, and I'm not speaking to you personally here because I don't necessarily feel it applies to you, uh, but for people that are watching, if you're looking everywhere for these puzzle pieces, don't forget you have a huge piece of the puzzle yourself and to go inward and get your own piece of puzzle, uh, the puzzle to share with the world. Because if you always look externally, you'll never quite get complete. <laughs> yeah, nope, exactly. And like that, I think that was a big part of my personal journey was I had been looking outside of me for so long and like I had like when Casey was talking about the energy building up around me, that was me starting to work on myself to trust myself to understand who I am as a being. And I think once those pieces started to fit in, all the rest just tumbled down into my lap. Definitely. And one thing I want to share with everyone too, because we had, um, uh, your friend Ali on yesterday, we have you on today. We're using the word pagan for both things. And I just wanted to throw up the definition of pagan for a second. It's a person holding religious beliefs other than those of main world religions. So it's um, it, it's kind of an ambiguous term. And there's a lot of things that roll up under that. Even shamanism technically could maybe fall under the, the role of paganism, except it's more, it's not so much a religion as a, a something totally different, but they're all very similar and akin to one another. Right. Very cool. Well, I'm happy to virtually meet you. I'm sorry I was a little bit late to the party, like I said. <laughs> Not a problem. No, we, it's a pleasure to meet you as well, man. We we were we uh, I was talking about we might we were going to push it back, but then we got we were in the the chat just talking beforehand, and the conversation was already getting so wonderful. I was like, we should have been on air. So I'm like, all right, we're just doing it. We're going on, and, and with, we talk for an hour and a half. We talk for an hour and a half, and. You know, whatever ends up happening, happens. It's like Casey and I have started when we're talking offline. We've started recording it as an unlisted thing because some of the stuff are like, man, we should post that as a separate video. Because <laughs> it's, it's like you're, you're just talking to each other, but the amazing things come out of it. And yeah, it, it's a great testament that when more than one person come in the name of uh, consciousness, uh, all the amazing things that can unfold and come out of it. <laughs> no, and, and like you were saying, you know, and that's the cool thing. Uh, I know um, before I had um, really started to expand on and, and, um, uh, and started to walk my my own path. Um, I, I was always sort of in conflict with other people, like either when I was like either a Christian growing up or when I was an atheist in high school or whatever, it was like, okay, I have my way and like you're wrong and all of this. And uh, even like in the beginning, well, uh, when I had my awakening, I was like, okay, now I don't know anything about anything. <laughs> and I still feel like that sometimes. But um, uh, uh, but now it's, you know, we have, I have a conversation with people from all different backgrounds. And um, and in, in the difference is the gold, like we've said, you know, uh, in, in the, uh, although things may seem similar, like these beings that we're interacting with and the experiences we have are different and we can really honor that and, and and learn from the differences. And I just I think it's so wonderful to be able to share so openly with so many people. And um, really, you know, uh, regardless of what path we're walking, if we can just be open to each other and honor each other and uh, and treat every interaction and conversation with another human being as a sacred experience and realize that, you know, um, regardless of our background, the, the 
real sacred experience comes in, in sharing uh, with each other. That's why we're here as humans, you know, um, as infinite beings, you know, we're infinite beings, but we're here as humans to sort of share and help each other grow. That's one of the reasons we're here. So I love that we can come together and, and talk about all this. Yeah. That really comes down to like being in the space of, of accept, I don't want to use the word accepting, being an allowance of everybody else's belief. It's like you're not aligning and agreeing with or resisting or reacting to you. Let everybody just be and just relish in the in the sacredness of how different we can be without having to get into conflict. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like every molecule of water, it's, we're all a part of this river flowing down this river. Now there's all these tributaries, all this, but once we accept that we are a part of this, the flow goes so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's a great metaphor. <laughs> yeah. And just a reminder, Casey, because I, I checked your Facebook. We don't have any comments, but you didn't change oh. your public. I made my, my sure mine was public, but I should double check it again. That's like weird with the technology that we're using, no matter how many times you uh, schedule it to go be public always switches friends only and then we remember to go switch it so if you uh, want to make a comment now you really can uh because we have all the things set to public now so the comments will roll through very cool and just to share with you i have a little bit of norse mythology in my background i had uh after, in college, someone had recommended a book called Conversations with God, and I read that, and as it, it kind of threw me into a tizzy because I was also raised Christian. My dad was the president of our church, and then as I was kind of uh, at the bookstore, this one thing just kept shining to me. It was a book on Norse uh, mythology, and it was of runestones, and I had also been in the SCA and had gone to all the run fairs and all that kind of stuff, so I, I never was one of the fighters. I was more like the guy who would play the drums and stuff, but... Uh, <laughs> But, but I saw like that Norse mythology and as I was reading it and I saw like similarities of how like Christianity based some of the holidays on uh, Norse traditions like Easter, the goddess of uh, fertility around Easter time. I was like, wow, there's like there, there, there's uh, parallels and there's things in this that are in Christianity. It really helped me step away from being like torturing myself for thinking I was going into something completely different than how I was raised. So it was uh, really nice. <laughs> oh, and that's funny because you just brought it right around to what Casey and I were talking about right before we went live and we were talking about the Christ, uh, Christmas and like I just I just had a daughter seven months ago and my wife and I were talking about like how do we go about Christmas with her do we lie to her and we're both like lying is bad there's no reason to lie to especially a child like Casey had said earlier you're already setting them up to distrust you if you lie to them about something so simple. And we had discussed that like the way we wanted to celebrate Christmas is that like that we are celebrating and give paying homage to a holiday and like explain to her all the different like similarities. Like the whole idea of the reindeer is because of the legs of Lefnir and like him crossing the sky and why they fly it's all so similar and you know we're we're going to be like hey we're paying homage to this holiday but these gifts are from us to pay homage well, my wife wanted to do the whole thing and, um, and have Santa Claus and all that so hopefully my kids will not watch this in the near future but i've never liked, i've never liked uh, well for multiple reasons we could have a couple expletives too but um but, but what I would always tell them, I've never lied to them, I say, well, you know what Santa Claus is? It's, it's a disembodied spirit that takes possession of adults and buys presents for people. 
you know <laughs> i was like well kind of you know it's kind of loosely what's happening so like i, I say yeah he's, you know he just takes possession and you know, does all this kind of thing and that's kind of a normal conversation between me and my kids about all kinds of crazy shaman stuff <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I know uh, uh, for people who aren't as conscious, like growing up, I think we were talking about, for me, that's what sort of led, I think it was, it was the, the beginning thing that led me to have a distrust with like Christian religion was that when I was a little kid and uh, my older cousin spoiled for me that like Santa Claus wasn't real. And, uh, and my parents hadn't like sat down to explain it to me. He was just like, yeah, you know, that's all fake, right? And I was like, I was this little kid. I'm like, whoa hold on, hold the phone. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, but I just remember like, I, th like there was this like sort of distrust now. Cause I was like, you know, okay. So I'm being told uh, to have th this, uh, you know, like blind faith in Santa Claus and that this being exists. And I was just told that's not real. And then what about the God thing that they've been telling me about my whole life as well? Like, is that the same exact thing? Like they've just been, I've just been blindly following it. Cause they told me just like Santa. And um, uh, so that sort of <laughs> built up over years and years and led me to become like that sort of sci uh, scientifically minded, uh, like angry atheist that I was. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, you know, oh, go ahead. Oh, and I, and, um, I don't actually go, go ahead. I don't know. No, uh, well, I was going to bring up, there's a book by Neil Donald Walsh, the best children's book I've ever read. It's called Santa's God. And I'll, I'll give the Cliff Notes version, but basically this little girl wakes up and Santa's there and she gets to meet him and she asks God, uh, Santa, like, uh, Santa, what God do you pray to? Which God is the real God? And Santa's like, he almost drops his cookie. He's so taken aback by the question. And he's, he starts going around the living room and says, well, first tell me about all these little statues. And her dad collected little statues of Santa Claus from all different countries that look different. And then he asks her, well, how do you know which, which Santa Claus to write your list to? And she's like, she thinks that she's like, well, they're all you. You just dress differently and have people call you different names. So they recognize you. And he's like, it's the same way with God. That is awesome. That it, is awesome. It's a great, great story. My kids, it's like my favorite that. one every year. But it, it, it gives such a nice little context of, of really what all oneness is. It's just like, however you are able to receive it, it will show up for you with however you can receive it. Yeah. Yeah. And that brings me back to where, like, how my father brought me up, like, he was raised strict, like strict Irish Catholic, and he never raised me strict Irish Catholic. Like when I finally had that um, sense that I wanted to know what is out there, my dad literally sat me down and handed me a book of every single religion, all these different practices from Buddhism, Taoism, Christianity, uh, the Bhagavad Gita, like all of these different books and i just started plowing through and reading everything like soaking it all up and to the to eventually that like my belief system became a hodgepodge of how i go about paying my respects to the universe very cool yeah yeah and i know well just to go back and bring the positive side of that story because it ended on sort of a very negative note for me <laughs> but um <laughs> But for me, that was that was part of my like purging process. The spirit had set that up for me because I needed to go through that period of like shedding all my beliefs and like doubting everything, so that I was at like this base level to where then, when spirit shattered my <laughs> my worldview of all of that, then I was able to go okay, and then really 
um, just experience from a, like, okay, I don't know one way or the other about anything because I've been at both <laughs> extremes. So that set me up to like, really just, okay, now it's time to explore and find out what my truth is. Yeah. Uh, this kind of falls in line with esoteric astrology a bit. If you didn't, well, first let me put in, into context astrology is the automatic pilot of the universe it's like pinocchio when you're unconscious you're just going with the energy just going with the flow right and once you become conscious you can make a choice besides what the energy would cycle you to experience so putting astrology into context but the first 28 years of your life on autopilot is you being programmed with the world around you the next 28 years your first saturn return is you going wait none of that's me where's me and it's you unprogramming it and your next saturn return would be you actually stepping into who you are. And once you become aware, you can fast track all of that. You don't have to wait for Saturn returns, but that's the natural cycle of astrology of, of how people would get programmed, unprogrammed and actually step into being. It's funny you bring that up. I just was uh, a reading with Mary the other day. She brought up the Saturn return in, in, in my mm -hmm. reading. And that was the first time I'd ever heard of that. <laughs> and here it is again. <laughs> yeah, well, it's all really good information. But um, one of my astrology teachers would say, um, uh, the more conscious you are, the less astrology matters, but it never doesn't matter. Because just because you might be aware and you're awake and you're not going with the flow of all the kinds of people around you would might be. And when you understand the cycles and in the shamanic world, you'll get it as we go through the program, you can like, the, if the energy is flowing a certain way, you could go upstream and make it very difficult for yourself, or you could surf the waves of creation to where you want to go. And so you pick up those, those streams that are naturally present in the autopilot and you can kind of surf them through the cosmos and reality and, and more, more consciously create and, uh, and bring to yourself much faster, the things that you'd like to receive in your life. If you can, can, you know, catch the right wave to where you want to go. Visual realization. Yeah. <laughs> or you could go the opposite, go upstream and make your life very um, uneasy. <laughs> yeah. and But there's also like some people, like I growing up found that I learned better doing things the hard way. So it's not necessarily that they're doing it the wrong way. It just might be a little bit rough, more like rough waters to go that direction. Right. Than yeah. I don't believe in quote unquote good and wrong. Uh, right. It's just like, is, do you have ease or, or not ease or, or what do you choose? And it's just a cause and effect. And a lot of times when we work hard, that's actually what we call um, an access. It's like an imprint where if you were taught, you have to work hard to get your get ahead. Right. You might, you might have aligned and agree with something you taught at a very young age and feel that anything of value you have to work hard for and suffer for, which is not true. And, right. and you can choose different, but if that's what our belief is, sometimes we can fall into. Uh, yeah. That, of, that old programming. Kind of, yeah. Kind of a trap there. And then, but the, the more conscious you are, I bet you since you've been awakened, especially have things gotten a lot easier for you or do you still choose the hard way to learn things? No, no. Things have become <laughs> so much easier. Like I, I still like to, I'm still like tossed into the fire to learn kind of guy, but now it's not like running my head against a brick wall until it breaks. It's, Oh, I can just take a sledgehammer to this or just go around it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or wave a hand and uncreate it. <laughs> seriously it's like when yeah. you're when you're dreaming like um when you're dreaming and you're subconsciously there you don't even know you're dreaming it's just there but like once you start to like like uh i started being able to lucid dream lucid dream thank you <laughs> and it was literally just like one day i was able to realize i was dreaming without waking myself up right at that moment and the more often I did it, the easier it got until it was just like, 
oh, I'm dreaming. I'm going to go do this now. La da 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 da. Oh, and look at this. I can fly. <laughs> it's just <laughs> once you do find it and do understand it, it's so easy to do, move forward in it. That's a great, uh, if and I, I think there are a lot of people who are familiar with the concept of lucid dreaming, but it's a great metaphor for, um, uh, like awakening, you know, before it is, you know, like in, in dreaming, like you said, you're in the story of the dream. And for many people, you know, we're, we're not conscious. It's just sort of, we believe that the dream is the physical reality. We're not aware that we're dreaming. And so we're just going along with whatever the story is in that dream. When we become lucid, it's okay. Well, now we're a conscious creator in this space and we can make instantaneous change and do whatever we want. And uh, maybe not to that same dramatic level. I think it could be, I'm not saying it's not possible, but when we wake up, it's like we've been on that autopilot dream for our entire lives until we finally step into our awakening and our truth and now it's we we even in the physical world we can play with reality we can manifest things that other people might not think are possible or just when you start to do things like i'm I've, i'm teaching you to do like with journeying or with being able to communicate with your spirit guides this world becomes a lot more magical and fantasy and dreamlike than most people would ever imagine is possible, but it's all very real and very true. Yeah, it brings back to the, that um, childhood um, imagination that I used to have. Like, I remember when I was playing with my action figures, how real that was to me at the time. Like, I would always play on my grandmother's stairs, and I could remember believing it was, a, like, not believing, but seeing it as a mountain and all this action going on and, like, once you're able to like break into that barrier again, it makes life so much more beautiful all over again. It's not just a stairwell. It's a mountain I'm climbing and visualizing and the whole world is at your disposal to enjoy and create and manifest. Yeah, you'll appreciate this, Jameson. I think uh, when we first started our apprenticeship uh, this past Friday, uh, Zane was bringing up how in the world of shamanism, all of life, really all it is, is puklii, which means play. And to look at everything you do, the healing part, all that stuff as sacred play and everything just becomes easy. It's like if you're healing and you're having to work hard at it or, you're, or, or it's tough or whatever, then he's like, it doesn't always mean that things are... Um, that you don't have obstacles to overcome and things, but if there isn't a sense of ease to it, then he's like, then you're not playing. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and Casey, were, did you bring that up earlier? I, it was Hopefully yesterday. I, yesterday when we went on to okay, test. Okay, I'm just like, did I dream about this word or where did it come from? Okay, now it makes more sense. Yeah. It uh, means uh, 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 sacred play, my brothers. Sacred <laughs> and, 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 and Puklii, their word for play, is that he was saying, same was saying, is the same word they use when they're describing the play of like children playing soccer is the same words they use of like divine play when like doing ceremony and sacred work. It's the exact same word they use for that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but no, but um, uh, I just, I really want more people to discover that. And like you said, it's it, when we're kids, we're, we're born with that. We're born yeah. with everything's magical. Everything's amazing. We live in these imaginary realms that we create and like no one is really sitting there teaching us like, okay, here's how you imagine your step number one, uh, start by visualizing an apple and practice that for five days. And then, no, we just inherently uh, imagine these amazing realities and have all kinds of adventures. And then that spread out of us at some point, uh, our parents or a teacher told us like, okay, time to focus on school. And that's way more important. You need to start focusing on your career because one day you're going to have a job and a family and we'll, and then, but we're taught that the imagination is not only, 
um, not important, but it's it's not real and it's not something to be valued. And uh, and so that's one thing I really I, I I just made a really good video on it. Please check out Shaman's Way. I, I, I have made a video on how to connect with your spirit guides, and I go into a little bit about um, how we use imagination uh, in order to actually perceive very real co-creational spiritual beings and um, and energies. Um, but I, 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 you know, people get caught up, for example, when learning to see their guides for the first time. They say, "Oh, I can't see my guides." So then I sit back and say, "All right, well, we're not going to try and see your guides right now." Right now, just imagine, just have fun, play around, imagine what would it be like if you could imagine what your guides looked like? And then people sit down and like, okay, well, you know, there's like this uh, wolf over here and he's really big and he's got two different color eyes and he's got this patch of gray on the back of it. And then I'm looking in spirit and I'm like, that's your guide right there. You're describing. Um, but it is, our imagination is the, is the, the tool we use to uh, perceive and create reality. Um, and uh, and this idea that the imagination is an unreal part of reality is completely absurd when you really start to look at it. You know, oh, what is unreal happening? reality? <laughs> yeah, and when I just posted a link to your uh, page so people can go there for the meditations. Thank you. <laughs> um, Sorry, Casey, when you were um, very first teaching me how to, to see my spirits and to go on journeys, the hardest part for me was that imagination bringing that part of myself back the deprogramming that it's like that i'm not seeing this or that's not real and having to like really open yourself up to the it's it's still hard to explain because like your part of your programmed mind is fighting the the journey and it, it's still like a not an easy thing for me to do to this day like I, I have a very hard time almost um, putting it into reality for me. I, I know it's there. I know I see it. I can feel my guides. Sometimes it's like they're there and then they kind of fade and then they're back and then they fade. And it's just that old programming you're trying to step back from and get it away so that you can clearly journey and talk to your guides. And then we have this idea, we always bring up the phrase, what you resist persists, right? So if you're, if you're fighting with that and fighting with the idea of like, oh, you know, I might just be imagining that. Yes. And you're giving more energy to it and you're going to continually make it harder and harder to do that. Completely. Uh, so instead, of, instead of fighting with it, what I often like to tell people to do is, uh, you know, if you have that thought when you're journeying or communicating with your guides of, um, of you know, oh, I, I think I'm just making this up then tell that part of your mind, but oh, that's fine. I'm just making it up. Now let me, yeah. continue. you know, it's fine. We're, we're making it up. It's all, it's all imagination. Now I'm going to proceed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that really helped me when like you first told me that that helped a whole bunch because like you said, I was always like, the more you fight it, the more often you're going to be fighting it. And it's just like, come on, I want this to be easy. And like, I know it can be easy. And once I accepted that, yeah, what if, if so what if I'm making it up? It came to me so much more clearly, and then once the those spirit guides start to um, give you those uh, coincidences in the outside world from your journey, that's when it's like it helps you to understand. Oh, even if I was imagining it, man, that imagination sure got it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like I like the word synchronicity a lot more than coincidence. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that was the word I was looking for, but. 
couldn't find it. <laughs> and Zane uses a good word when he's taking people into a kind of journey space. He says, using your disciplined imagination. So he's even already putting out a little energy that your imagination's going to not be all running around. You're going to be able to focus and have the disciplined imagination to go where he's taking you. But at the same time, it's okay if you have a different experience than what he's leading you through. <laughs> right. Very cool stuff. Yeah, and it is. It's, uh, you know, it's the, though even the word imagination, again, we're, again, we just were programmed to think that the imagination means it's not real. Um, so for a lot of people, it can be difficult to use that word, um, which is why I start, I, I, that's like the first thing I like to start with is, all right, let's get over this whole imagination thing. And for some people, uh, when teaching them, I, I, I will, like in the beginning, uh, I kind of go both ways. Some people, I have to abandon the word imagination altogether. Like I won't say, Imagine, I'll say like, okay, you know, see this, visualize this, you know, now yeah. you're feeling this. And other people, they're, they, they're so like um, tense about wanting to experience something that if I say, okay, now um, call out to your guides and see them come to you, then they're like, oh, I can't do that. I'm not that part. I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm not worthy of <laughs> something. But then, if I, but then if I bring it, okay, now just imagine your guides showing up like, oh, well, if I'm just imagining it, that's fine. And they can do it. <laughs> But then I have to I have to point to that almost immediately. Okay, you see what just happened there? Okay, now we just shifted the energy of the way I worded it, and then you were able to get over that mental block. So it's not that you're not able to tap into this stuff and you're not worthy or whatever ideas you have around it. It's just that you're creating your own idea around how something should or shouldn't happen. And when we make it a little lighter, then you're able to tap into that experience. Um, so the word imagination is just a it's a it's a very very interesting subject for me. <laughs> yeah. Very good trick of the trade. <laughs> like what, what you do with saying what, what, what we do that in NLP too. Like if people can't get somewhere, be like, well, just pretend what if, what would it look like if you could see it? <laughs> what would it sound like <laughs> if you could hear it? And it just uh, kind of goes around the logical mind, whatever the block is. It's a great, great <laughs> tactic. Yeah. I and think that's a lot of people's heart. Like even in the normal world where other people don't, necessarily believe in the spiritual it's like they so strongly believe that it has to be this one way that they built up all these blocks and all these walls that almost like tether them to this non-spiritual world making it almost impossible for them to find the spiritual world and it's like walking around and you you feel the energy of all these people and then it's like one person walks by and you're like, I don't know if I like that person. And it's just, they're so walled off that you can feel it. And it's hard to explain, but I, I think you guys understand. Well, I just, I have to share this. I, I shared this with you yesterday, but I just, for the first time, watched the movie Doctor Strange last night. I don't know if you've seen it, Hank. I know Jameson no. has. So I, I had never seen this movie and, and I had like friends and cousins telling me you need to watch this movie you would love this movie and then i got two readings in a row where in the readings the movie doctor strange came through and in one reading i was told that i'm going to be like manipulating reality and seeing multiple dimensions like he does and the other one brought it up uh, for some other thing and I'm, i go okay universe i get the message i think i'm supposed to watch this movie doctor strange <laughs> but there's there's this scene and i love it we were just talking about about people being so walled off and not like not being an allowance of having the true experiences of spirit 
Uh, so Doctor Strange comes to meet with this like master of reality, and uh, it's not really a spoiler. I think they show it in the in the trailer anyway. Anyway, <laughs> I won't remember it anyway if you don't spoil it. <laughs> so he's, he's just sitting there, and he's and you know, she's he's asking her how to how to like you know um, how he can like heal himself and all this, and he's like a very logical, scientific-minded guy. And she opens up a book and is like, "Okay, well, um, are you familiar with this?" And it's like a chart of the chakras. And you just see his face just like he just like dies inside. And he's like, Yeah, I've seen that in gift shops and like boutiques. Like you're telling me that's like the the secret of reality. And then um and then he just goes off on this tangent and he's like, There's no such thing as spirit. This is all crap. You know, none of this is real. We're just like little specks in the universe that are completely insignificant and it doesn't matter. And as soon as he gets like to this like heightened point of like just calling her out and all of her BS, she just like hits him in the chest. And he, his astral body flies back behind him. And he's sitting there as like time has slowed down outside of his body, looking at himself. He's like, what is going on right now? And it just snaps back in. And he's like, huh, huh, what just happened? And she's like, yeah, I just sent you into the astral plane for a second. Like just all casual. Like, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> and then proceeds to send him on this like, like journey through like multiple universes uh, just, to, just to snap him out of it. And then, and then he's finally like, teach me. And she goes, Nope, and then kicks him out. <laughs> <laughs> but there are so many people who, but, and, but out of love, I would like to be able to do, to do something like that. <laughs> it's like there are people I work with who, you know, they they come to me and they like I'll, I'll do a shamanic healing. Like, this has happened. I've, I've done shamanic healing for people. People are feeling these incredible sensations of like energy and just like electric sh shocks and things leaving them and like powerful experiences they've never felt before. And then, um, you know, and then certain people ask me, like, I want to learn about that. Teach me. So I start, you know, start to talk to them and, okay, now, so practice this first. And then, you know, they fall off and then, you know, I don't hear from them and they're like, you know, I just think that I'm, I'm not ready and I'm supposed to. And so, like, you know, I, I don't know. And I, I just, uh, I want to focus on the physical and because, and then, like, they're telling me about this and I can feel they're like really depressed and down and, like, and they just have all this doubt and stuff. And I wish I could just hit them in the chest and knock them out of their body and send them through the universe. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what I was saying. I was, I literally had that thought of like, I, I, I wonder if I can learn to do that someday. Just play with it. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, just with the same energy of that movie, just boop and give it a go and see what happens. Just like when I spent time for the first time, I had no point of view of if it was going to work or not, but I'm like, what the hell? I heard it in a story. Let me give it a go. And it worked. Same with you. When I bent time for the first time the other day, I was just, you told me the story of you doing it. And I was like, let's try it. And it worked. <laughs> but, um, I, you just reminded me of something back when I was first starting to really learn about how to control energy and do all this stuff. I had a friend who we would get together and um, we would, hang out at Huntington beach and we would play with like the spirits around and we would like do energy manipulation. And um, I, I was more aware I could like see and sense these spiritual beings, but he couldn't at all. He was just, he could feel his own energy and, and manipulating that, but not the energy of the beings around us. And then um, we were just sitting there and I had this inspiration. I was like, let me try something. I didn't, I didn't explain anything to him, about what I was doing, I just put my thumb, on his forehead and I just started slamming energy into his third eye and then he stands up and he starts <laughs> and he's just like walking around in this daze like uh and, and I asked him I was like what's going on and he said it's really crowded here right now <laughs> and we were at the beach at night when there was we were the only two physical humans there and he's walking as if he's like in busy New York Times Square lost 
um, among all these <laughs> beings. And um, he's just sitting there like bump, like bumping into people and stuff like that. So I went and I was like, okay, he's not ready for this. So I focused this energy and snapped. And then he was poof, immediately came back. <laughs> so yeah, that stuff is possible. I, I think I just need to <laughs> relearn how to do that for certain people. <laughs> I think a lot of uh, the spiritual is about relearning and yeah. not, not yeah, learning. Like um, I, when I was really young, I would hang out with this one friend and he, they had this uncle that was always over. I never saw this man leave the couch in my whole time of visiting him. He was always on the couch, always real quiet. Always, he seemed like he was an ex-addict that just no longer had the drugs anymore. One day I'm like, dude, what is up with him? Like, who is he? Like, what what is he? And he's like, dude, you won't believe this, but he's like ex-kung fu master. And like, he starts showing hmm. pictures of him and all these huge martial arts things. And he's like, yeah, and he's like a master of chi. And I'm like, no fucking way. Like, how, how can you even prove this to me? He's like, hold on. And he goes over and he wakes his uncle up. He's like, hey, can you do that neat trick with the candle for us? And he's like, oh, yeah. And he like got all lively again. And then he was like sitting there, he's, you know, manipulating chi. He's like, okay, take this candle. And like we had a candle on a little saucer. He's like, go in the kitchen. Like, and so on the couch, you look straight ahead and there's the door to the kitchen. And then there's this like little wall to the right. He's like, hold the candle on the other side of the wall. I'm like, okay. So I walk over there and I'm holding this candle. Like, don't know what to expect whatsoever. I'm like, okay, yeah, he is fucking crazy. <laughs> and he's manipulating Chi and he just lightly pushes out. I'm not joking. I'm watching this candle with all like content, just like, okay, what's going to happen here? Candle flickers and goes out. And I'm like, mind, like what? Yeah, through the wall. And I'm just like, no way. What the? No. He, how did, did he blow from all the way over there? Like, <laughs> how did he do that? And like, I, for so long, me and my friends would sit with a candle and practice energy manipulation to put the candle out. And like, I got really good at it when I was younger. And now it's like, I have to relearn to do that. Like when I try to do it now, it's like, I get it like once in a blue moon, but most of the time the candle's like, <laughs> <laughs> but like the, the bringing them up to just relearning things that you already know, it's just accepting them. And then it becomes so much easier to do those things. And like, you're talking about manipulating time, manipulating energy. These are all things that you, when you were little, you could do with just, the thought and then as you get older and you're programmed to not to think that you can't do these things then you're putting up all these mental walls that kind of hinder you from going about this again and yeah it's like like i said it was so easy when i was younger to put that candle out from like three four feet away with just a light push in my cheek and now i'm like i'm right in front of the candle and i can't put it out half the time so it but man, that guy blew my mind. I thought he was a magician. Just this old dude sitting on the couch. Suddenly he can put a candle out from like 30 feet away. Wall. <laughs> yeah. I, I had forgotten about when I was a little and it was an acolyte at my church. I would always just focus like on all the little candelabras and just focus on the flames going down or the flames going up. And I would do that all through the service. And I never, I didn't remember about it until you just brought up the story. And I, I didn't even have any energy training or anything. I just was playing with the fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great. 
We would do that all the time with the uh, when I was a kid with the waves at Peely Island. Um, uh, me and a friend would sit there, and uh, on, a, uh, on a day when it was like sort of there were some waves, we'd sit out there and go, "All right, we're like calling on these waves." We would raise our hands to like bring a giant wave up, and then we'd sit there and watch as one started to roll in. And again, we were just you know playing with it, but uh, sitting there and like manipulating uh, like the the water and all of that, and. Um, uh, and again, but it's you know, no one, no one ever told you you couldn't <laughs> up until that point. Yeah, seriously, seriously. <laughs> but yeah, so many, and I, and I know even when I first started to um, uh, awaken, and it hadn't had any, hadn't really spent time to think about what is and uh, you know what is easy and what's not in terms of energy. It was just like, okay, well, I can see and sense energy now, so I can do all this stuff with it. And I, I kid you not, there were times when like I would sit from across. Uh, the room and I would just like with my eyes send like a pulse of energy at someone and watch them go like like not knowing what <laughs> happened and, like I was like electric and, and I, there were times when I I remember this one guy I had met this person um, just I was like riding my bike around and I met this guy and uh, we started talking and I was still like all over the place in my awakening process and um, we had kind of connected a little bit and decided we were going to get together to play cards that night and uh, we met at his house and we're playing cards. And then um, we went inside and uh, and he was like, oh, you know, I have a piano. He's like, do you want to like hang out and just like sit and play piano? So he was showing me and playing piano. He was playing something that was like really um, dissonant the way he was playing it. it, it I, I, I did not like the energy that was coming through. And so I like felt this electric charge build up in my finger. And then I went to tap him just to tell him like, hey, can you, like, can we do something different? But the energy that I had was stop. So I had the energy of stop and I touched him and I kid you not, I watched his body go and then he fell on the ground. Like he'd been electrocuted. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, for, I'm going to share a, a comment for Mike and then I have a similar story to talk about that, but he was saying a teacher in a sealed room during his martial arts class, he did something where nobody could lift his wife who was only 90 pounds. She was like just etched or like fixed hard into reality. Uh, but in seance circles, specifically with physical mediumship, if uh, for people who are um, manifesting like ectoplasm and stuff like that, if you touch the medium, while they're in that space, it, a very similar thing happens where they like just the interaction of another energy field like zaps them, and it's actually it caused some deaths back in the day when physical mediumship was still really being practiced. Oh wow, so, that's so that, scary! And they can, like <laughs> stop that. That's like um, like, oh shit, I'm about to be touched. <laughs> oh, I want. I, I kind of want to hear a little bit more about this physical mediumship. I've never physical mediumship. Well, we could do a whole separate. Okay. <laughs> one of my teachers uh, out in Lilydale, he'll hold like um, circles and things and he'll host different mediums from around the world who are particularly gifted. So like you get ectoplasm, like one, one time a hand came out and like knocked on the table and stuff like that. Or um, a, there's things called A-ports where uh, physical manifestations occur, like usually like the medium will spit out like objects. Uh, like it's like oh, wow. I, I really doubt that they swallowed all this stuff, but like it's something like <laughs> into their mouth and like they'll spit it out, uh, or like floating uh, cones. There's like a like these trumpets that they would have, and now nowadays they make them out of aluminum flashing. But they back back then they would use like these metal trumpets, and they would like float in the air and go to the solar plexus, and you would hear like a voice coming out of it and stuff like that. So like that that's all back from the physical mediumship days. Oh wow, yeah, I, I feel like that's a whole thing I want to learn all about. <laughs> yeah, well, I can, I can hook you up. It's never been something that really called to me, per se, but um, 
uh, and then in the Alice Bailey work, they said that at the, during the time of mediumship, when spiritualism was first coming out, all that was really needed because people didn't have the belief really, or have an experience of something that lies beyond. And physical mediumship and mediumship in general is what got people to say, okay, well, maybe there's something. Maybe they needed floating right. and voices. Right. <laughs> right. Well, there was times where like mediums were actually tied to a chair. They were still doing the work when they when they were claiming that they were like tricksters and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, anyhow, like and as time goes on, uh, Alice Baylor work would say that we're moving from mediumship to mediatorship because like the physical, the proof isn't needed so much anymore to get implanted in the consciousness. All we need is now like just a connection. And so like there was a huge shift. And it doesn't mean that you can't go into that. It's just fun, but it's not as needed for where the world is today as it was when it was uh, starting. Mm, yeah, definitely. That makes sense. <laughs> but I, I still want to be able to knock people out of their bodies, though. Yeah, well, <laughs> but, and, and as long as you want to, you won't. Right, I will. I, I will. I will master the art of knocking people into the astral plane with by, love. With love. <laughs> That's by hitting so them in the chest. I'll knock it right back into your muhu koya. <laughs> like one of the things I've been playing with at work is like trying to close off my energy to the everyone around me. And man, have I become a sneaky little son of a bitch. Like I manage all these guys at work and their, their experiences, like they're there. And the next moment I'm just like leaning against the wall watching them. And it's just like, I just focus on not letting anything out. And it's not like I'm walking super softly or no, I just going about my business. And like, I just love popping up in places. Yeah. When, like and then it's like, yeah yeah and then letting it back out and suddenly they jump like six feet in the air and it's like ah, gotcha <laughs> when, uh, when i was going through fellowships they brought a guy named sig lagren in from england to teach us sacred geometry and geomancy and stuff like that and we did this exercise where you had to go with dousing rods and you would go up to a person's energy field and it would spread out and we would measure your energy field before and after you would go into a labyrinth uh, and, and walk a labyrinth, right? So my friend, uh, my partner, Kev, he was coming up to me. And at that moment, I just decided I'm going to just play and see if I can mess with him. And I pulled my energy in real tight and he comes up to me and the things don't move at all. And he's like <laughs> right up to me. And he's just like, you're dead. I'm like, no, I'm just messing with you. And then I just let it go. And it was just like, Whoop. And the, <laughs> but, but, but the point of the project was before and after, if you measure like how far somebody's energy field out is out when they're not consciously trying to manipulate it yeah. after walking a labyrinth which is a, depending on the labyrinth design is designed to balance the energy systems by the way that you're walking a labyrinth uh, before and after your energy field will be way further out after walking a labyrinth than before that sounds awesome i want to walk labyrinths i freaking love labyrinths. yeah yeah we got one at westlake i don't know if you're local or not but i assume yeah, it really yeah a westlake spiritual uh center uh, uh the unity spiritual center they have a huge labyrinth in the back that's really nice with bricks and gravel and then when you get to the center there's seven plates that are the seven colors of the chakras oh we need uh, to make a field trip i'm going oh yeah i'm going yeah. i gotta check this out that's so where i take people for one of my reiki attunements too i have them uh, walk into the labyrinth and then we do the the attunement in the middle uh shamanic style and then walk out and then i do the regular one in class that cool. sounds like such an amazing oh, like i'm a um like the way i meditate it's not easy for me to sit and be quiet like the my best meditations come with like lots of noise or lots of things surrounding me like i love when the birds are out making a whole bunch of noise and cars are driving by the winds blowing and i feel like walking a labyrinth would be like the perfect meditation 
Yeah. Well, not all meditation means sitting silently. Right. It's different. Like my friend Ryan, it's when, when he's on a bike, he's like in the zone, he's off doing whatever while he's riding his bike and other people is washing the dishes or, or, yeah. or whatever, whatever it needs to take. Uh, you, the sound of silence can be heard many different ways. Right. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Very cool. Well, definitely. We can go on a field trip. Uh, we'll just stay six feet apart. <laughs> oh i love that god that's that sounded great better we can wait until after the plague has wiped out half of humanity and go oh, not worry. Oh. <laughs> oh god i i really hope it's not a plague i think i i think it's this whole covid stuff is just especially like you have children so you you understand like and i'm essential worker it's very very terrifying to go to work and then come home and not know if I'm, especially because you don't even, some people don't have symptoms, not knowing I'm bringing something home to my family is just, whew. Well, one of the things I, I will send you the, can I send you the link? I'll send you this link. Um, it's not something I can share publicly, but there is a whole meditation we did around uh, COVID for some of the shamanic apprenticeship students uh, that I wouldn't, uh, I'll, I'll share that with you. And it's like, you basically start connecting with the consciousness of the virus and you can have a dialogue with it and learn what you need to learn from it without having to, but, but it's like, I'm intended for people who have done a little bit of work. So I don't want to just send it out willy nilly. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. But that, that sounds great. Yep. And the whole thing is it, it, it's the, everything that we're doing. There's a lot of fear around it, but it's designed. They say it all the time. It's slowing the spread. Like a, it's just like any other thing, like people that are going to get it eventually are going to get it. We're slowing the spread. Uh, so it's not as big of a burden on the medical system. But yeah. it, but and, and numbers wise, there's people who die from other things from a percentage standpoint. Way more people die from other things than this. It just looks scary because of the way it's being portrayed. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, cardiovascular diseases. Yeah, no, completely <laughs> agree. Dangerous. Like, it's still, I've been working for three, four weeks, and it's. Yeah. <laughs> but no the joke, important man. Is, regardless no if you're for if you're on the side of uh. where the fear base, <laughs> or on the side of oh, it's nothing. Like, don't fight the other side at all. Be an allowance of both points of view, and right. because if if you fight either one, you're adding into the the entrapment of polarity and duality. But if you can be an allowance of both, then you give both spaces room to grow into something new. But any conflict, so like whether you're for the president or not, any any resistance one way or the other traps it more in reality. And being an allowance of either, either thing allows a shift in, for a different experience with the current situation. So allowance is, is so key. Because it's it's really the space of non-judgment. You're not aligning and agreeing with it. You're not resisting and reacting to it. it you're just yeah. allowing it to be and making your own choice based on your own uh, choice, your own choice of what you want to create for yourself or would like to create for yourself. And I like that phrase. Interesting point of view that you have that point of yeah. view. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> point. Yeah, that that is a great tool to bring people out of the space of judgment. It's an interesting point of view, and it's with no charge on it. If you can't do it without a charge, it's still a good tool to kind of get you there. But if you have a charge on it, because some people use it as an energetic FU, like, oh, interesting point of view, you have that point of view. You know, so some people use that tool with a little bit of a zing and it's not how it's supposed to be <laughs> used. <laughs> I think it's always a good idea to stay open-minded at all times with everything in all life, so. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. The more you know, the more you realize you don't know. And the more you realize you don't know, the more you realize it doesn't matter what you do and what you 
what you do and don't know, it's what you're being while what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know, exactly. It's, it, the the more I start to learn about, because I, like I said, I've been spirit taught uh, as far as all the shamanic work and uh, the psychic uh, abilities that I have. I've been taught by the spirits, and um, the the more I learn from them, but especially the more I learn from other humans, like during this apprenticeship and all that. I'm like, wow, I am. I am still very much a beginner in all of this. And there is so, and, the, and it is the more I start to learn about things. I, I, I mean, people say the more you, you know, the more you don't know. But for me, that's been a very literal experience. As I start to learn more, I get this sense of, wow, I, I really don't know a whole lot about any of this. <laughs> There's so much more. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> but it's, I have that access. That, you know, I am that space. I am that space of that oneness and totality of like, you know, knowing of, uh, of the truth of all things. Uh, but at the same time, on like the conceptual mind soul level, I, you know, I know so little. <laughs> I know everything and nothing at the same time. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Fantastic. So uh, I think we could take a, oh, we already uh, plugged my channel, but it's tonight. Is, is today Sunday? Right today, and yeah. yeah, today is Sunday. No, isn't it your meditation at one on Sundays, or did yeah. you want to change that? Uh, I mean, well, we, we we can keep it for one today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I never scheduled it. Oh, I gotta schedule that. So anyway, but it'll happen at one. <laughs> I haven't made the uh, the link for it yet, but um, yeah, one p.m. today we have shamanic meditations. If anyone's interested. Um, check that out. Um, I think we're going to be doing communicating with plant uh, spirits, meeting with your plant master during today's shamanic meditation. So if anyone's interested, Shaman's Way on YouTube, check that out, subscribe, and uh, follow along with the live meditation. And um, and please like and subscribe and share to all this stuff uh, here on Stir Crazy Shamans so that you can uh, come and enjoy this beautiful energy of sharing of all these different experiences. Yeah. And also, if you're going to watch it, like if you just tuned in and you liked it and you're going to go back and watch it from the beginning, if you're not afraid of what people will judge you for watching it, please start a watch party because it's going to let more people see it and that will help us uh, get some of the word out. And if you're afraid of being judged, that's cool. Just watch it on your own and then just message it to the people you know will get it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, Hank, it was a real pleasure meeting you. Like, uh, And I look forward to having more communications with you. And oh, yeah. We're going to have shaman shenanigans. I know it. <laughs> Oh yeah, Pukliai. Pukliai. all kinds of crazy yeah. <laughs> And I'm also going to post a link. We're starting um, for people who are interested in shamanism. Our teacher, um, when I say our, I'm referring to me and Casey. Maybe Jameson someday too. But we're doing a six-week uh, virtual class called "Connecting with the Sacred," leading up to our start of the actual shaman apprenticeship weekend. So if you're interested in a uh, a little taste of shamanism, where's my mesa? I don't know. Oh, it's back here. I'm all discombobulated. By the end of the six weeks, you all built a Taiwanthan Mesa, which means a four-corner Mesa, well, with different stones that are related to the different uh, energy uh, bodies that we work with, like Pachamama, Mother Earth, and the wind, and all that type of thing. Uh, so if you're interested, you walk out with a lot of skill sets, an actual medicine bundle that you can start working with. Um, and it's just a lot of fun, as Casey has already determined from our first call. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So much magic there already. Oh. I love it. I love our, our sacred hoop, our family that we've already started. And I yeah. look forward to connecting with so many more members of my spiritual family as we uh, continue to share this work with the world. Absolutely. Uh, do you have any events? I don't know um, if you actively do events, Jameson, but do you have anything coming up that you'd want to let people know about? 
Sadly, no. This is my first foray into uh, anything even remotely like this. I was actually felt very blessed that a Casey was just like, "Hey, man, you want to like make an appearance on this?" Like, I've wanted to just. I love to talk, so it's real easy to <laughs> sit down and talk with like-minded people and share experiences. Um, but sadly, no. I'm basically full dad life and don't usually have time for things I'd like to, but I have to make time for things. Well, so. yeah, well, we can teach you this time-bending technique, and then you have all the time you need. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Okay. Well, we, we always kind of end by doing a go-around with a final thought of inspiration, and um, no, no pressure if you don't have anything, but we'll start with Casey, because you're in the upper left corner. You're in my spot, man. <laughs> I feel so weird on the other side. <laughs> Oh, um, well, we were, I love how all over the place we were today. Cause I know we had, we started with the topic of Norse mythology, but in, in other, um, I think I missed everything to do with Norse mythology. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we spent very little time, but I love, we just went with whatever direction it was supposed to go. And, and that's so what the energy was great today. But anyway, for my, my wrapping up thoughts, we did talk a lot about awakening, um, and, uh, and, you know, and people not being sure, um, and not trusting their experience and all that. Um, so for all of you who are starting to have really powerful experiences of spirit, whether you recognize it or you don't, hopefully you're starting to recognize it if you're watching this podcast. Um, one, know that you're not crazy <laughs> and, uh, and reach out to people like us who are talking about this stuff. If you feel called, you're starting to have the experiences, then uh, there are people like Hank and I and Jameson who can help you to uh, expand on what you already know and help you to um, really create an extremely powerful magic reality for yourself um, by just opening up and learning to sense what you're already starting to open up to. So I think that would be my little. Yeah, and I'm kind of getting some something akin to a clearing to offer. If you're not having these experiences, ask the question, what in me is blocking myself from giving me permission to have the experiences that are my birthright? And everything mm -hmm. that doesn't allow that to actualize in my life instantly with ease, I'm willing to destroy and create and release it and allow it to turn into something new and start asking that question because a lot of times it's our own self-doubt or it's what we were taught when we were kids it could be a block that you don't even remember consciously that your parents were talking when you were little and just some and something energetically stuck so just ask whatever's blocking me from being the totality of who i could be in this moment i would destroy and uncreate it and just see what starts to happen in your experience being in that question and all I've got to say is do all your best to stay open-minded and perceive fully the reality that's around you and your life will get so much nicer. <laughs> Definitely. All of life is blessed, even if it looks like a mess. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's like the and, golden tapestry. <laughs> and, and Jameson, real quick, uh, before we start to do our little like final wrap up here, um, stick around after we play the end thing and we'll kind of chat for a little bit. So our friend yesterday who was on uh, just took off right afterwards and we didn't get a chance. So I wanted to remind you of that. So, oh, I appreciate it. But thank you so much for coming on today. This was a lot of fun. And I hope that you'll join us again uh, very soon for this. Oh, I'd love to. It sounds like a blast, guys. Awesome. Thank you very much. And Nike, 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 everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.